Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Man, I tell you what, here, here's one of my great joys of that is that, uh, man, I, I love triumphant and I sort of married into the family uh, with, with triumphant, which I'm so grateful. But here, here's, what, here's what I know to be true. What we believe determines how we live. What you and I believe determines how we live. And being able to live, in a sense, with these guys and know these guys, one of the great joys of that is watching that they just don't sing about him. They know him. They they don't just talk about him. They walk with him. You know, I think of David and Clayton, who are are deacons in our church. I think of Eric, who's a a lay elder, uh, because he's the oldest man in our church. And um, and I begin... (laughs) I'm kidding, that's not true, that's not true, sorta. Um, and so, and I begin to think, and here's what I love about them. This past week, they were on a stage over at the LeConte Center where thousands of people sat around and waited to hear them sing. And you know what you'll find them doing on a Sunday morning here? Working in the parking lot. Moving chairs for people to, to sit. Anything and everything, meeting once a month to pray for you. To, to find ways to serve, visiting hospitals. Man, I, I love that. And part of the great celebration is that God would raise up leaders just like that all across the life of our church in a way that people just have a heart to serve. And I'm so grateful for them. Pray for them. Tonight, they begin their homecoming. I'm here at the Ridge Event Center. That's where Connect Church meets here on Sunday and Wednesday nights and uh, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And tonight, they have sold over 750 tickets. This room right here and people from all over the United States are gonna come here tonight and be ministered to by the gospel. Sold out show uh, tonight and tomorrow so that they could be poured into by Triumphant Quartet. So pray for our guys as they lead out and they lead people. I love Scotty. Scotty and I were friends uh, through school and known each other for a long time and Adam, their sound guy, just love them and grateful for them. Hey, I'm glad you're here this morning. Happy birthday, Connection. I'm just so grateful. There were times where I wondered if we would even make it a year. You know, I wondered if we would even be here a year from the time we launched this church. I'm just so grateful for all of you being here this morning. Hey, we continue in a series of messages out of the book of Acts entitled this, The Gospel at work, the gospel at work. It's this idea, it's this reality that in and through the Holy Spirit that he is actively working the gospel in and through our lives. And not only do we see that in the life of our church, but we see that all throughout the life of the book of Acts and what Luke writes to Theophilus. So if you have your Bibles, take them and open up to Acts chapter two, or maybe swipe that way on your phone. And here's what we begin to see yet another young church here in Acts chapter two, verse 42, and how how God is bearing fruit and growing and using this young church here in Acts chapter two for his honor and for his glory. Now, as you turn there, I'm gonna bring back week two of one of my favorite segments called Funny Church Memes. Here's why. A lot of you loved them last week and you laughed at them. And so I have brought my next top five favorite church memes for you guys to enjoy this morning, okay? So even if they're not funny, I need you to laugh, all right? It's her birthday, be kind. Here we go. Here's one of my favorites right here. Me trying to find where the Bible says like and share and God will bless you. <laughs> have you ever had that struggle on social media? People say like and share and God will bless you. Just have yet to find it in the Bible. Here's one of my favorites. Look at this face. This is the face you make when the preacher says there's about to be finished and then they preach for 30 more minutes. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I try not to do that to you too much, but it happens. All right, here we go. 
waiting for friends to decide where to go eat after church. <laughs> yeah. Man, isn't that one of the hardest decisions on? Hey, first world props. Here we go. I, I love this one. Who said pastoring a church isn't stressful? I'm 42 and feeling great. Yeah, that is, I hope to look that good at 42. Anyway, and, and I think we have one more. How did this one make? Anyway, every worship leader under 30. We had that last week and uh, sorry, Zach. I just, <laughs> dude, this is my favorite one. I, I'm gonna probably show it next week. I will find a way in Acts chapter three to show this next. We, we should have done the comb over, Zach, honestly. Oh, that would have, we would have given you a raise. Anyway, okay. And so, hey, one of the things we learn in Acts chapter two is this, that without Acts chapter two, there's two things we'd be missing in our lives. Number one, the Holy Spirit, because he'd come. And number two, the church. So not only would there not be funny church memes if Acts chapter two didn't happen, but there would absolutely be no church. And this morning, we get a snapshot of how the Holy Spirit was working the gospel in and through this very young church. We see a vivid picture of what was going on in the lives of the 3,000 people who just verses earlier were saved at Pentecost and baptized. And what we see happening is, is that these 3,000 individuals are now connecting to a local community called the church. And as we see this picture unfold, we find a church that was growing, a church that was devoted to Jesus, and a church that was being discipled. Now we come off Acts chapter one, where Jesus ascends into heaven after 40 days of walking with the 120 or so disciples that had followed after him. We go on into Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit has come, the church has birthed, and now we see an incredible look into the life of this very young church. Now this message is for the church, both collectively as Connect Church, but also the reminder that the church is also individual, meaning this, you are Connect Church. We understand this truth, that the church is more than a building, it's the body, and I remind you of this all the time, that it's not about programs, it's about people, that the church is not an organization, but it's an organism made alive by Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we see unfolding here in Acts chapter two. So let's begin to read in verse 42. And the Bible says this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The Bible goes on to say, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This morning, you and I are gonna to begin to look at four marks of a church where the gospel is at work. Four marks of a church where the gospel is at work. And let's talk about mark number one we find here in Acts chapter two. They were defined by their committed commitment. Look at verse 42. The Bible says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Hey, hey, listen, they devoted themselves. They were defined by their commitments. Hey, can I ask you something? What are you committed to? And I want, I want you to hear me today. I, I want you to be committed to your spouse. 
I want you to be committed to your children. I want you to be committed to your vocation or your job. I want you to be committed to your friends. I want you to be committed to your classmates, to your team. I want you to be committed to your community. But there is one commitment, one devotion that we find that is above all because it affects all. And that is our commitment, our devotion to Jesus. And we see here in Acts chapter two, a church that is devoted, that is committed to Jesus. You wanna know one way that that is evidenced? By their love and their devotion to the very word of God. I love the word devoted here in the scripture. It means this, it means to endure. And some of you guys are like, I know what that word means. I have to endure your sermon every week, right? And I live and I thrive and I survive, but I have to endure your preaching every week. Now listen, it's more than just listening to the word. It carries the idea of not just listening to the word, but living out the word. That is the devotion, that is the commitment that defined this early church, not just hearing it, but doing it, not just listening, but living out the very word of God. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. And you sit back and you go, well, what then were the apostles' teachings? And here's what we find. Let's take a look just, for instance, at Peter. And in fact, we can go to his sermons, the one he preached before this passage at Pentecost, what he's gonna preach in Acts chapter three, and we can find out pretty easily what was all involved in the apostles' teachings. Here's what we find, you ready? We find Peter quoting and teaching from the Old Testament, instructing believers on the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Undoubtedly, they were sharing stories of the time where they walked with Jesus, what he had taught, and how he had lived. And here's what we find from Peter. No matter a sermon or a conversation we find of his, guess what he always is? He is always devoted to and committed to the word of God. He always is. Peter preached a message that wasn't popular at Pentecost, and yet it was powerful. He, he unapologetically shared the gospel of Jesus Christ rather than appease the crowds. He unashamedly preached the truth of the Bible in order to please God, not to entertain people. And what we find here in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 is we find in a young church, the people, not just the preachers, who were devoted to the word of God. Now church family, you got to hear me. As long as I'm the pastor of Connect Church, as long as God gives me the privilege, we will always preach and teach the word of God unapologetically. We will do so with great conviction, great compassion, and an undying commitment to make much of Jesus. Are you ready? Or close the doors close it down and we'll find something of more value to do together. We will bear the mark and be defined by our commitment and our devotion to Jesus and his word. It's important to know that as you read Acts chapter two, verse 42, you're gonna find that this commitment they were defined by is not just an every Sunday type of commitment. Rather, we are uncovering an everyday commitment, an everyday devotion to Jesus and his word. A mark that the gospel is at work in your life and through your life, believer, is a love and affection for God's word, not just on Sundays, 
but in the everyday of your life. I, I love it. Back two Januarys ago now, we, um, we left Charlotte. We'd been over in Charlotte, North Carolina for seven years plus. Loved it there. But several years, into, God was giving us a heart to plant a church in our hometown. Man, it's something I never wanted to do. But you know, we faithfully followed the Lord and through interjection into our story after story, God made it clear that we were to move. And so we did. Packed up my wife, who was very pregnant with child. We had three other small children at the time. We left an incredible job at a large church, an incredible salary for a pastor, associate pastor, and came to plant from nothing. And I remember that time in our life. And I remember thinking, well, we just got to see if anybody if God would work this in anybody else's heart. So you know what we did? We started meeting in a barn. Danny and Liz King's barn. Every other Sunday night. And, and I loved our barn days. A few handfuls of families came together and said, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna work with you. We feel called of God to help plant this church. But here's what set those days apart. You ready? Man, we would sing a little bit together. We'd eat together. We'd fellowship together. But every other Sunday night when we came together, we began to preach and teach the word of God central to our time coming together. And then after our barn days, we moved into the lodge at Hidden Mountain. And there we were given a space every Sunday night to begin to train so that we could launch this church a year ago. And it was in those days that, that we worshiped together. We did children's ministry together, but we devoted our launch team to the preaching and the teaching of God's word, to the study of his word. Do you know what we preached through? The book of Acts. And we simply said, God, we want to honor you and we want to honor your word. We launched our church a year ago, this Sunday. And you know, one commitment we made, one mark we wanted to be known by was that we would unapologetically preach and teach the word of God. And we have done the best we know how this past year. And God has blessed you. Maybe say, well, from the barn days to to the lodge days to now, all the way back here in Acts chapter two. Anthony, if we're to be defined by commitment, how long do we need to be committed to the word of God? How long are we gonna be in this Bible study thing? And I love this quote. No one ever graduates from Bible study until he or she meets the author face to face. Hey, you wanna know when our commitment to ease is the minute we see the word of God face to face when we stand in front of the word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us until we see Jesus face to face, we will always and forever continue to be defined by our commitment to him and his words. Not only was this early church marked by their commitment to the word of God, hey, hear me, they couldn't get enough of it. But here's the second mark we find, you ready? Indisputably, continually, they were in awe at all that God was doing in and through their lives. What you are gonna find at every turn in the life of this early church is they were continually, indisputably in awe of all that God was doing. Look at verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. I love this, signs and wonders. We see that 
phrasing throughout the book of Acts. In fact, we'll see it again of the apostles in Acts chapter four, verse 30, and Acts chapter five, verse 12. But you know what? This very phrase being awed at signs and wonders was also spoken about of Jesus in Acts 2, 22. Also spoken about of Stephen in Acts 6, 8, Moses in Acts 7, 36, Philip in Acts 8, 13, and Paul and Barnabas in Acts 14 and 15. What's amazing is as the Holy Spirit is at work, he is working the gospel in and through the life of the local church. And it is just leaving people in awe of what God is doing. You know, filled with awe, we find a church that wasn't merely going through the motions, rather continually, all that what God was doing and accomplishing around them. You know what my biggest fear today is? That in the church of America, we've lost our awe of God. We've lost our, our awe of him. We've, we find ourselves that we know the truth, this truth to be true, that, that awe cannot be manufactured by, by lights and smoke and by preachers who just preach a message that puffs up egos. What we really need to do in the church is we need to find the awe and wonder that is missing. And here's what I jotted down. I thought of myself, I said, Anthony, what if, what if the time comes where you lose your all? And here's a challenge I wrote down to myself. Hey, Anthony, look no further than the cross of Christ. Hey, look no further than an empty tomb where he once laid. Look into your heart and your life that was once filled with so much sin and shame and darkness and now is filled with Christ and hope and light and life. And what's amazing is, is that one look at Jesus, we are left with nothing less and nothing more than awe and wonder at who he is and what he has done. And I want you to note, what again we see here is not just an every Sunday type of awe, but it's an everyday awe that comes when the Holy Spirit works the gospel in you and through you. Man, I tell you what, we could go on the rest of the day and I could share with you legitimate miracle after miracle that we have seen as a church in these past year and then our training team a few months before that. I could tell you the miracle of being in this place and how God would answer years of prayer. He'd use the Connors and the Hells. And you know what's amazing? Connect Church meets here absolutely rent-free. We don't pay the light bill. We don't play the toilet bowl flushing. I'll pay any of it. And how God has provided. But I want you to hear me. What brings the awe? What brings the wonder in the life of this church? You ready? That guy in the back at the sound war, Paul, who's working our lights. I'll never forget Paul. Many months ago now, you had written in online and you'd said, hey, listen, I need to be baptized. You're saying God's moving in my heart. I'll never forget getting that. It was on a Saturday night. And so we got everything ready for the baptism on Sunday morning. And I'd never had a full conversation with you. And he walks in and I said, hey, Paul, listen. Hey, let's talk about the Lord. Let's see what God's doing in his life. And what's amazing is, is God was moving. And he had yet to save Paul. And so we pulled him over here in this little AVL room. And we began to talk with Paul. And we began to have this spiritual conversation. Shared the gospel with him. I'll never forget him asking Jesus to save him. And a few minutes later, we got to come out here and baptize him. Hey, you know what? That is the all 
and the wonder of what God is doing. I look over here and I see Miss Dina, one of my favorite baptism stories. She's sitting a few rows from the back. And she walked in and she was gonna be baptized. She placed her faith and trust in Jesus. And she had talked with me and she had, she had a strange request that I had never heard before. She said, hey, pastor, when you baptize me, can you hold me underwater for a little while? And I thought, now I've threatened that before. <laughs> I don't wanna waterboard you. What? And she said, she said, Pastor Anthony, in a sense, it was so meaningful to you. It's so powerful for you to walk in obedience to Christ, Dina, that you just wanted to soak it in. You wanted to go, go slow with it. And I just remember thinking, man, how incredible is that? That obedience to Christ would produce in her this desire, not just to rush through it, to get it over with, but hold me down longer. I just... I just want to take my time with it. And I remember walking away, Dina, going, hey, that's the awe and the wonder of what God is doing in his church. And I begin to look around the room and see so many stories. We've shared Abby's story with you many times and how she'd had such a broken past and how God had saved her and changed her life. And I love her story. Well, one of the things when we baptized Abby over here and she followed the Lord in obedience is that when I brought her up out of the water, of course she was soaking wet with water, but I could still see her tears. Even though the water had rushed over her face, I could still see the tears in her eyes of all that God had done and all that he was doing in her life. And church, I begin to think of signs and wonders. And I'm gonna tell you, what awes me is the fact that God in heaven who created us loves us at times despite us and sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to rise again so that he could save us so that we may have life. And he is doing that over and over and over again in the life of his church. Hey, listen, have you lost your awe? Take a look at Jesus this morning. A mark of a church where the gospel is at work is the indisputable, continually being in awe of what God has done. Here's the third mark, you ready? They were dedicated to their community. This was a church, a young church, yet they were dedicated to their faith community. Look in verse number 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, that word is koinonia. It's an intimate and close relationship in between believers who are all in it for the same.